I'm Steph. And I'm Jeff. Each episode, we review a film that needs screenwriting support. As writers, we'll deep dive into the characters and plot to tell you how to fix this film. Listen at your own risk. This podcast contains spoilers. Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Script Slayers. Steph and I are excited to announce our first co-written novel, The Curia Chronicles, an urban fantasy thriller, will be published in 2024. To learn all about our creative pursuits, and for some interesting facts about the movies we rewrite, please follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Steph and Jeff Writes. You can also check us out at StephAndJeffWrites.com. And now, on with the show. Today, we will be attempting to rewrite the film Falling for Christmas, written by Jeff Bonnet and Ron Oliver, and directed by David Davidpour. This film stars Lindsay Lohan as our protagonist, Sierra Belmont, a spoiled wealthy daughter of a hotel magnate, Cord Overstreet as Jake Russell, the widowed handsome owner of a ski lodge that's struggling to make ends meet, George Young as Tad Fairchild, our antagonist, Sierra's obnoxious influencer boyfriend. Jack Warner as Beauregard Belmont, Sierra's dad and hotel magnate. And Olivia Perez as A.V. Russell, Jake's daughter. Jeff, can you give us the synopsis of this holiday film? Hotel heiress Sierra Belmont has a newly appointed as Vice President of Atmosphere at the luxury ski resort in Aspen owned by her father. Sierra goes up to a mountaintop with her influencer boyfriend, Tad, for a photo shoot where he proposes to her. However, the harsh wind causes Sierra, who is wearing skis, to lose balance. She falls from the top of the mountain, is separated from Tad, and hits her head on a tree. Unconscious, she is found by failing hotel owner Jake Russell. Sierra loses her memory due to the accident, and the hospital staff is unable to verify her identity. Jake offers the amnesiac Sierra a place at his bed-and-breakfast hotel, the North Star Lodge, until she can remember who she is, or someone comes to claim her. This is not creepy at all. After taking the name Sarah from a stuffed toy that belongs to single dad Jake's daughter, Avi, Sierra decides to help him and his family at the lodge. After improving in helping the lodge, Sarah adjusts to a normal life. All this happens in about three days. While Jake makes a head injury victim over in his image, Tad is lost in the woods and finds shelter with recluse Ralph, who takes him to town on foot. Beauregard returns from his trip where he finds out that Sierra is missing and informs the sheriff, who has just retrieved Tad and Ralph. At a party organized by Sierra, the town comes together to support George Bailey's savings and loan. I'm sorry, Jake's North Star Lodge, which has declared a historic site. Before Jake can thank Sierra, her father arrives and her memory is restored. Sierra decides she will do things for herself going forward and resigns from a position her father created for her realizing the hotel business is not for her. That was a very strange sentence, but I'm keeping it. Meanwhile, Avi reveals to Jake that her wish was for him to find love. Did I fail to mention that Santa, like the real Santa, is in this movie? And convinces him to seek out Sierra. Realizing that she fell in love with Jake, Sierra breaks off her engagement with Tad, and shortly after, Jake confesses his love to her and she reciprocates. Concussions really are the most romantic of injuries. The end. 
Before going forward, I do want to point out that I, I mentioned Beauregard without identifying that that is Jay, um, Sierra's father. Because I mentioned it in my little script here, and I did not identify who it is. So for anyone who was wondering who that is, that is her father. So there we go. Uh, falling for Christmas or ouch, my head hurts. I think I love you. What did you think <laughs> about this movie, Steph? Oh, my goodness. Well, I know this was Lindsay Lohan's comeback film. I It, it leaves a lot to be desired. This is a paint-by-numbers holiday Hallmark-style Christmas movie. So we're not trying to reinvent the wheel too much because people expect, I think, a certain certain plots to naturally develop in this genre like this isn't shouldn't be too dark everything's got to work out in the end people need to find love you need normally need to save a a business that's going down or a home that's going down or something right there has to be some crisis that the magic of christmas saves by the end of the film so i tried to keep in my rewrite i tried to keep with the stereotypes and the and the tropes that people expect for this genre, but make it a better movie. See, I had some issues with this. First, this was just not a very good movie. And there are some weird things like the Magic Santa stuff. That was yeah. very strange. And there's actually a fair amount of filler in this movie. There are a lot of things that you could easily just chop out, a lot of scenes that didn't really advance anything. So how would you rewrite it, Jeff? I'll, we'll get yours first, and then I'll yeah, go Yeah, the big thing is I really did not like the whole amnesia stuff. I, I hate movies like this that decide that the way to be romantic is to remove a woman's agency and basically let the guy just rebuild her in his image. It's one of those cliches that has been done so much, and it, at this point, you should be able to write a romance without having amnesia as part of it. But this isn't a feminist movie, clearly. Hell Very no. traditional gender roles in this film. I think the Sierra needs to be younger. She's played by Lindsay Lohan as if she's in her or like early to mid 20s, but clearly she's not. And it makes it a little bit odd the way that her character is so completely helpless. I kept the idea that she doesn't want her father's job, the, the job that he creates for her. Mm -hmm. She wants some independence. I also dumped the whole fiance thing. I, I don't feel it added anything. And that adds some, that actually adds in some very questions about the time of the whole movie and how long things take because he's wandering around for days, I guess, in the woods in sub-zero temperature. I realize this is a comedy, but... Well, he found Ralph, the guy out ice fishing. Yeah, but a few days pass. Yeah. And the, the time, I'll say that's one thing about this movie, too, is that and this is something that my rewrite takes care of, is that... The timing of this is very strange because it does turn out that the entire movie takes place over the course of less than a week. A lot happens in less than a week. Two right. strangers like fall in love and find the magic of Christmas and save a lodge. Well, that... you get a severe head injury and then the hospital just uh, discharges the patient to some rando, um, I guess not rando, some community guy to take care of her, apparently hours after she has suffered such a serious head injury, she has amnesia. And she doesn't know who she is. I don't know what hospital would do that. I mean, maybe they were, like, really struggling. They had to flip the beds quickly, but a lot of ski injuries in Aspen. But, yeah, I mean, clearly that was plot and not reality. So I dropped the entire thing about her getting amnesia. So what happens is that we have 
the beginning of the movie is still fairly similar in that Jake uh, shows up and tries to pitch Beaumont about investing in his bed and breakfast. And Beaumont says, no, thanks. Good luck. In the movie, the uh, Jake and Sierra briefly meet when Jake runs into her and spills coffee on her. And that's pretty much it. Okay. That's the meet cute. Right. My thing is actually that the meeting is a little bit more substantial. The two actually talk for a bit. She learns who he is. He knows who she is. He still leaves, though, and we think, okay, that's going to be it. She says, I'm leaving. And as she's driving out of Aspen, there is a massive snowstorm. And she gets stuck at Jake's hotel. The, uh, so the weather does it, not amnesia, oh. where she doesn't remember who she is. Right. And the story still sort of unfolds in a similar fashion in that she kind of decides to help him out. One thing I like, though, is that instead of her boyfriend being the influencer, that she is. So the idea in this is that she realizes that she does have a talent for organization and image management. She still sets up a party to help save this guy's hotel and all that. Her thing is she just doesn't want to be her father's charity case. So who's the, if you get rid of Tad, who's the antagonist in this? There really isn't. Okay. I didn't So the crisis is just... There isn't really an antagonist, but there's a crisis of losing this lodge. Right. Okay. I think that if... So I didn't... Well, first thing in this movie, I didn't even find Tad to be really much of an antagonist. I mean, it's he's a weak one, but he's the, really, the uh, rival to Jay. This movie really does not have an antagonist. I, I don't think it does because he's off screen. and He's not even much of a rival for Jake because he's not... Usually in a romantic whether it's a romantic drama, comedy, whatever, if you're going to have a rival for someone's affections, I think that for it to be effective as an antagonist, they need to be more active in the story. Sierra doesn't remember him for the bulk of the movie. And he is, off, well, he's not off screen because we see his adventures with Ralph, but he is not a factor in their growing relationship. He's a very poorly written, weak antagonist. Uh, that's how I would classify it, but... It- they didn't do a good job with this character. I think if you want to, and I didn't think you needed this, but if you wanted to have a traditional antagonist somehow in this film, what I would do is make that the father doesn't want to invest in the bed and breakfast. He wants just to buy the land and demolish it. Okay. So the thing is, and then you get, actually that works pretty well. because then you like get greedy corporate land grab. Well, and then you get Sierra... It's not even just, I don't want to be your charity case. She is in direct con- confrontation with her father. Because she's falling for Jake. She's falling for Jake. She wants to help him out. She actually, she has seen her father's, oh, I like this. So her father doesn't just have the one lodge. He has a chain of them. So she's seen her father's version of, you know, th- this kind of industry and it's too uh impersonal for her and she doesn't like it it's too corporate but she sees what like a family bed and breakfast is like and she's like oh i like this i like you know getting in there and getting my hands dirty and not just being in some corporate office and, you know shuffling people around and ch- and uh clo- opening and closing places just to see how i increase my bottom line i like being part of this kind of almost family operation i still kind of like the uh even though it's a ripoff of it's a wonderful life the event at the end where the community comes together so the snowstorm breaks everyone can move around again she's organized this event online something that jake had never thought of mm-hmm. so this is where she ref- le- kind of leverages that influencer and this idea of how you use social media to drum up 
uh, interest in something. We get the community come together and it's like, oh yeah, man, you're, you know, you've been good to us. And so we're going to help out. And I still have Sierra and Jake end up together because it is a romance and there's nothing wrong with having characters who actually like each other. Their relationship grows from kind of mutual respect. It's not just that she has learned the joys of making pancakes and eggs because she has no memory of who she is. It's that she's actually worked with this guy and the mm. two of them have in even a short period of time have seen that they really worked well together and they really have similar interests and they actually like each other not jake likes the blank slate um and that'd be pretty much it oh and i cut the santa stuff which was really bizarre that in an otherwise kind of real world movie there is literally this mystical element which was very strange it was strange to have that it was over the top to put santa in this with like the yeah so I, I also put, in my rewrite, uh, yeah. I said, lose Santa Claus. So yeah, like I said, so the uh, short version is just give her more, make her more of an actual character and not kind of something constructed by Jake to be what he wants. Which is someone that can save his lodge, make him breakfast and do laundry and make beds. Right. Yeah. There you go. So how about you? I did keep Tad in. Um, so... Sierra is a spoiled heiress, um, but I would give her character more depth. Uh, she feels trapped in a gilded cage and longs to make her own way in the world, separate and distinct from the Belmont like hotel chain thing, right? So she really wants to do her own thing. And she's, I don't know, I gave her like an orga organic tea business she wants to do. Like she wants to carve out her own niche okay. in the world, not anything to do with the hotel business. And her dad is the one pressuring her to marry Tad, who is this douchebag influencer, but he's the son of a wealthy investment banker um, who heavily invests in the hotel chain, her dad's hotel chain. Okay. Um, and so because of that, he, he's putting a lot of pressure, like Tad comes from a good family, he's everything you should want in a guy. Plus, his parents invest a lot of money in my hotel chain. So she's getting a ton of pressure to basically marry this douchebag. Then we move forward in time. I did keep the whole thing where she um, bumps her head in the ski accident and loses memory of Tad after he proposes to her. Like that's I did keep all that in because I thought that was pretty central to the story. Um, isn't it? I'm sorry, but isn't it a little gross though that? And not even necessarily from Sierra's point of view, from Jake. He goes from, I want to help this concussion patient to, I really want to sleep with you in three days while she's still amnesia and amnesiac. Uh, oh, you know, it, we got to go with it. It's a, okay. it's a holiday okay. fantasy. Okay. Just, holiday fantasy. I'll me, go with it. Let me continue my rewrite <laughs> and see if we can can get to a better story here. Um, so, so the setup, I, I set up Sierra a little differently. She wants to break out on her own. And Tad is, there's this kind of forced like marriage thing or like pressure to marry this guy from a good family that she's really not in love with. Okay. Has this, the ski accident bumps her head. Here we go with the ski lodge B plot to the story. So enter Jake, cute widowed, single dad, ski lodge owner, lodge is about to go under. I'm fine keeping all that. It's very Hallmark holiday movie style. We'll definitely lose the Santa Claus at the market. Like when they go shopping at the yeah. Christmas market, it doesn't add any value in it i agree it's out of place in a film like this this is not meant to be a magical or fantastical film and it also just like it delays our plot moving forward anytime they like 
have that that's the Santa guy on screen. Okay, so as she stays at the lot, like Jake offers to help her out as she's recovering from her amnesia. And I sort of, I kind of hand wave it, but it's like, well, we don't want her to be stuck in a hospital on Christmas. So he was willing to take her home and like, so she's not alone in a hospital on Christmas. So I was, uh, that's, I know it's a little bit of hand waving, but that's how I dealt with the whole issue of the hospital discharge, even though she didn't know who she was. She um, learns to stand up for herself more. She starts experimenting with making her organic teas and Jake is supportive and helps her with that and her dream of her own business like so she remembers certain things about herself as we're going along okay like like she knows she likes that she doesn't know why but she knows she's really into her organic teas this ski lodge starts going under that's we're getting to the like low point of the film and sierra starts remembering who she is and tad our antagonist in this version he tricks her into thinking that they that she said yes and that they were already engaged like when they were on the mountain and she bumped her head that she had said yes and that there was a a marriage coming. And so he basically gaslights her and distorts her reality, um, even though she didn't want to marry him and she didn't say yes. Um, And so she returns to her dad. She still has a spotty memory. um, And Tad's like, rushing both her dad and tad are like rushing for this wedding to happen so that they can like uh, maybe there's like in the background you know they're trying to seal some big investment deal and this as she's walking down the aisle not fully aware still of everything that like she knows who she is but she's still missing pieces um she then remembers the whole thing about the skiing accident with tad why he's a douche, the pressure from her dad, all that. She runs out of the wedding, and here's we can, like, enter in, like, there's, like, a horse-drawn carriage or something that was waiting for the bride and groom because we had that moment in the movie, which I thought was kind of cute. So she, like, takes the, the like, sleigh. You get that holiday thing where she's taking the sleigh through the snow, and it's snow. Of course, it's, like, really pretty and snowing out to the ski lodge to meet Jake, but... There's, we could have it be where there's, like, she doesn't, like, they they miss each other, um, because, like, he was, um, he wasn't where she was, like, he was trying to find her, and she was trying to find him, and so then he's despondent about, like, losing the lodge and losing her and all that, and, and so he's decided, so this is, I, I have this whole thing where it's, like, basically he's decided that since the ski lodge has gone under, he's just going to take a job as a ski instructor out at, like, Lake Tahoe, so he's, like, on his way to the airport to just, like, start a new life. And then she finds out and she then heads to the airport. And before he boards the plane, she runs up to him and tells him she loves him and kisses him. And the press goes wild, of course, because there's paparazzi around because she's famous. She's like, they set her to be kind of like a Paris Hilton type character, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they live happily ever after at the ski lodge. The end. Okay. So what do you think of my rewrite, Jeff? Well, like I said, my central problem with this movie other than the fact that it's just, it's just not a very good movie, right? It's, it's, it's very cliched, very by the numbers. There's a lot of filler. This is really a like 48-minute long story stuck into a 90-minute long format. It really, a lot of it revolves around that idea that the perfect woman or the woman that, the only woman like that this guy Jake can get is someone who has brain damage. The only way that she becomes a better person is really by him and um, 
his daughter and his mother-in-law kind of remolding her into i I don't know their, their version of what a good woman is and see in my version i don't really have the remolding like she sort of discovers herself she does her organic teas she discovers like and as as we go through she's starting to remember more and more and he's being supportive of her and i don't have it where he's like having her make beds and do laundry and make pancakes like none of that is in well by day three he doesn't want to i assume because he does in the film and he definitely doesn't in my no it's i have it be a more great I also have a little more time go by. Like, in my version, we have a little more time go by. Like, it's we're in the month of December. It's getting towards Christmas. And maybe they were getting married. I I didn't, like, plot out a timeline. But they're probably getting married, like, like maybe Christmas has come and gone. And they're getting married now, like, and it's, like, New Year's or something. So I allow more, like, weeks, like, maybe a month to go by. Well, I know it's still, like, artificially a fast timeline. But so that it doesn't feel so creepy. Right. Do you keep the, uh, I'm sorry, I, I don't think you mentioned it, but maybe because it didn't matter that much, but do you keep the the daughter and mom-in-law as characters or you dump them? Because I, I didn't see much of a need for them once you get rid of the amnesia thing. Oh, yeah, I didn't really have, a th- I mean, I did have him be, I guess, the single dad, but you, honestly, you really don't need that. I don't think it adds a lot of value to have him be a widowed single dad. I think you could lose all that. Um, yeah. So mine was yeah. this is basically Jake just has this hotel. It's I, I, I did make it I didn't go into too much detail, but I did make like a family hotel. Like he got it from his parents and their dad or whatever. And so there's that kind of there is still a personal connection there because that is something Sierra likes, but also that makes it more the you know, the potential for him losing it is more important than if he's just you know, the manager or even even somebody who just opened it up. It's like this was a family thing and he's going to lose it. I like that, that he inherited it and it's the last, like maybe his parents are dead or something. And this is like the the thing that, yeah, has been in the family for several generations. And, you know, ha- having like, you know, if you want to have like that older, wiser instigator kind of character who's kind of is there to serve as that outside connective tissue between these two characters, you could have like his mother's still around and she's the one is like you know talks to sierra and gets her to open up and says oh you know you could help out and then like i see the two of you kind of character. yeah but make her funny or something like the mother they yeah. didn't give the mom much personality in this movie well that was something else this movie for something that is supposed to be i assume a fairly light romantic comedy has some weird tonal shifts in it there are moments that are fairly serious or should be serious and are played for laughs there's like a whole thing at the beginning there's a scene at the beginning where sierra and her father are talking about the dead mom Mm -hmm. and it's like played almost for laughs which was really weird and there's some other things too where i don't know it is like there are moments that were supposed to be i think dramatic but if you're going to have a movie with funny amnesia victim three-day romance magic santa sassy daughter I wouldn't put anything serious in if you don't want that. Yeah. I would just have it just as a light comedy, basically. Yeah, and the comedy wasn't great in this movie. No. <laughs> it was pretty bad. So uh, overall, I would say that I think the big difference really between our two um, scripts, our two rewrites, really is that idea of how much agency to give Sierra to begin with. And I want her to have complete agency. I just don't like that amnesia thing. There are two things I really 
I've di started a dislike with films and how they treat women. Well, there are a lot of things, but one is something like this, the amnesiac or the person who has the woman who has no agency and is supposed to go through an emotional transformation where then she loves the man at the end of it. The other thing is uh, the fridged woman. Have you heard of fridging? No. What is the fridge woman? So it, it's actually something that popped up from a comic book, like in, I think it was the late nineties, but basically the idea is that it's a, character a loved one usually a woman who exists purely to die to give uh the protagonist motivation oh okay. now we don't really have fridging here but i bring up that's one of those two things that it's like it's just been both it's both offensive and overdone so yeah i think that's a big thing with us though with these differences we obviously have difference in details and stuff like that but it's where Sierra starts from. Right. But we both, I would say we both recognize, even though we did different things with Sierra's story arc, that she needed to be someone with a lot more agency than this film gave her. Yes. And more empowered as a character. And they really turned her into a very stereotypical female that's happy making beds at the lodge and doing laundry and well, it's, making it's, breakfast it's a woman and... who finally realizes her biological destiny oh, is to God. make sandwiches make beds and take care of kids yeah at some point she's going to pump one out i mean this yeah so, it's it is very 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 um yeah stereotypical gender roles in this film so this is definitely a don't watch for me. There are way better Christmas movies or holiday movies out there that you can enjoy. Skip this one. Jeff? Same thing. Do not watch this. Not worth the time. Okay, well, there you go. There is our holiday movie rewrite for you. We hope you enjoyed it. And we will see you back for another episode. Thanks for listening to Script Slayers. Please join us in two weeks when we rewrite Where the Crawdads Sing. Script Slayers is a production of Steph and Jeff Wright's Media. Reproduction of this podcast without written consent is prohibited. All rights reserved 2023.